All right, Christmas classic, Four Christmases. Bought it on Apple TV two days ago to try to find a clip that would work, and there are very few stretches of that movie that I could show in a church service. So I got the one. I found the one. My name's Rob. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Midtown. Welcome. So glad that you're with us. If you're new around here, really just grateful that you're with us. If you're with us online, so glad to be with you today. Um, and we're in our, uh, our Home for Christmas series. If you've never seen that movie, I'll just give you the, uh, the, the flyover. They're not married, they're, but they're in a committed dating relationship. And every Christmas, they uh, go on a vacation rather than seeing their families because it's, uh, they don't like being around their crazy families. That's the whole And then all the flights get canceled, and they have to go to four different Christmases because they both come from uh, divorced parents and four different families represented there. But the big idea is that they're kind of running from the messiness of reality. And sort of living in a bit of a fantasy of um, can I go live an idealized version over the holidays and in their real life? And the movie is their confrontation with reality. So now you don't, you can, once again, not an official endorsement, but you know, I own it, so I'll be watching it later, I guess. We're going to um, read a passage of scripture together to transition from Four Christmases now. <laughs> How does that sound? Why don't you stand with us? Let's do this. We're going to. say to us in this time that we have together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. He is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. This is from John 1, 1 through 18. You may be seated. So this is week three of our our Home for Christmas series. The first week, if you were with us, we talked about the, the invitation in Advent 
to come home in God. We are all longing for home. In fact, the, the, the longing for home may be the greatest longing that humans have this place of safety and love at home, and, and, and God invites us to come home in him. And this is the message, truly the message of Advent, message of Christmas time. Um, last week, Justin Fry preached a brilliant sermon about creating home with one another and in community and the, the invitation, the challenge of that and the messiness of that. And this week, we're talking about becoming at home in your own life. The with you today, if you want to write this down, you can, is simply this, Christ has arrived in your life. Have you? Christ has arrived in your life. Have you? He's here. He is here. Are you here? Or are you somewhere else? The word that we're talking about is is presence. Are you present? We all have different personalities. Different things come easier to some of us than others. Uh, Does presence come easily to you in this season of your life? How present are you? In Christmas time, actually, gosh, it's the perfect time to escape if you want to from reality. It's the perfect time to just lose yourself in consumerism. Right? Anyone is anyone just like give me the targeted ads? I like the targeted ads. Right? I when when Instagram a few years ago started advertisements that you that apply to you, I said yeah, keep doing it. This is great. Truly, I I, I opted in on tracking my activity to Instagram because they the ads are great. They know me. They know me. In fact, there are things that I didn't know that I need. That they've told me I need, and I'm so grateful that now I know I need them or I, I bought them, right? Um, it, it's, it's great. So, but, but you can lose yourself in consumerism, right? Aim of shopping for others. How many of us have really just kind of lost ourselves in the, uh, in the finding the deals for the stuff that you really want? Come on, raise your hand up. Show us who you are. It's fine. It's early. You have time to buy stuff for other people still. I, and no, I'm not knocking Black Friday. Come on. Cyber Monday. What's next? You know, something on Tuesday is going to be really, is Tuesday a thing already? Travel Tuesday? I didn't know. So that's where you get flights. What's, what, is there a Wednesday one now or no? Wine Wednesday, I don't know. what. That's another way. Look, y'all, there's so, so consumerism is one way that we can escape. You can escape through all the stuff that you can, the food, the drinks. You can escape through the, the another Christmas party, a full schedule. You can escape. I mean, it's easy to kind of, to, to get out, intentionally not be in touch with the, the stuff in our real lives. There's lots of ways that we can just not, and never be here. And this is actually just true of of life, that you could spend your whole life getting through wherever you're at because you're believing that whatever 
wherever you're going is going to be the place and the experience that gives you what you want or what you need. Anybody, I mean, come on, have you done this? I, I do this. I do this. Like, this is knit into my nature. I easily do it. I can easily look in here last night, which this room looked very different yesterday. So shout out to the team that pulled the, the transition off. Come on. Um, and uh, shout out to, to Noah, our production director. He was here. I know he was here late last night. And um, I didn't give him that for Christmas's clip until last night, too. So. Thanks, Noah. Um, but I, I always tell couples, um, hey, you know that marriage is going to be awesome, but no one tells you that engagement sucks. It does. Add. It, because it's a time of your in-between, right? You're never, no one wants to be perpetually engaged for the rest of your life. Like, it's a thing you have to do to get to the thing. So that, that's where you want to go. You want to get to Marriage Island. And engagement is the boat you have to get on to get there, right? And so this is, and even, but even in the days leading up to the wedding, I, I told them earlier this week, you know, we had a, a final call to talk about the details of the ceremony. I said, look, do whatever you can to not just get through the next three or four days. Be here. You'll never hope. Be here, be present, sit still, sit by yourself for a little bit. Do whatever you can to, um, to ground yourself and not miss this moment. And while that applies specifically to engagement or getting married, applies specifically to the Christmas season, this is a life thing. I could spend my whole life without realizing it, living as if God is over there where I'm going to reality that I, I want my life to be. I'm single, God is in the marriage that I want to have. Or I'm married, God is in the family that I want to start. Or I have a family, but God is in the whatever next stage is that I'm looking for. God's in that house that I will be able to afford one day. God's in that car that I really want to be driving. God's in that career that I really want to have. And all the things that I'm longing for we can, just, if we can actually just start to apply the fulfillment of those longings into something that doesn't exist in our lives yet. Drive a Cybertruck one day. I'm just going to tell you all. <laughs> I was joking. I watched a review of a Cybertruck last week, and Sam, I told Sam, I was like, man, this Cybertruck's pretty great. He's like, yeah, could you imagine if you like dr actually drove? Whose car is that? Oh, that's Rob. He's the pastor. He drives a Tesla Cybertruck. Um, it'd be awesome. It looks like a spaceship. That's what I like about it. He said I'd look like a super villain. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, uh, God's not in the cyber truck. He's here. He's right here, right? But I, I can, we can. Or even just the fulfillment of the, des like, the simple desires that we have, that those exist in a reality that's not in our life yet. And the space that we inhabit between now and in actually the real fulfillment of some real desires, maybe even some real promises of God in your life. The space that we inhabit between now and then is called waiting. Um, and waiting is actually core to what Advent is all about. Advent is the time where the church 
practices the discipline of waiting. It's a time where the church and Christians from all over the world throughout history enter into an intentional space of remembering what it would have been like to, for the people of God to wait for the fulfillment of the promise of the before the time that we live in right now. There was a time that existed where God had not yet made good on his promise to come into the world in the way that he did in Christ. The incarnation had not yet taken place. There was a time before this time. And so we, in, we intentionally enter into that space of, of remembering and using our imaginations. What would it have been like to be waiting, to be named among those, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. Oh, lostness. And we, we know those experiences in our own lives, in our own ways. It's a time to remember that kind of waiting. But then the, the kingdom of God, we live in a now and not yetness of the kingdom of God. There are, there are promises yet to be fulfilled for humanity and for creation. We live in the time between the times. Christ has come. Christ has been resurrected. He's filling us with his spirit. And there's a promise. There's a wedding feast yet to come. There's a wedding banquet yet to come. There's a city picture of the home that is to come, the place that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us there. And so we, we remember, we use our imaginations for the waiting that we haven't had to experience before Christ came, but then we get in touch with the waiting of what we're really in at an existential level, humanity, and then in our own lives. What are you waiting for? What in your life is not yet Uh, and it speaks to life stages and seasons of life. There are, you may be um, a student right now, and your experience of your life is defined by the, the season of being a student. You don't have, a, you're not in your career yet. You're not making any money yet. You're not, there's a sense of maybe instability while there's a lot of really... the road there to the, and, and get on your path and get into your career and have all that comes next. What, maybe that's a, you're, there's a longing, there's a waiting there. Maybe you're single and you are longing for companionship and the home that you can create with another person. This is a very real longing, especially for so many people. It's, it's truer every year in our culture, but especially in the city um, that People, many people experience seasons of maybe there's an ache that's there to be in touch with today. Um, there's a, I talked about it a few weeks ago and I've talked about it a lot in the past. You know, Kirby and I, my wife and I, we, we spent years longing for and waiting for um, the time that we would be able to start a family and have kids. Years of infertility eventually was IVF that we were able to start our family. We have two beautiful daughters now, and Christmas is so much fun and all the magic and all that stuff. Lolly, my four-year-old, before I left the house this morning, said, Dad, I want to tell you something about my sweater, thinking she would definitely talk about the bears with scarves 
Uh, and she said, I love the snowflakes. Which is like, you, I, I mean, I didn't even know there were snowflakes on this. A lot of sweetness, a lot of cuteness. And I can tell you too, you know, on, being on the other end of a deep, deep longing, a, deep, a, a prolonged period of waiting in our lives for this, it's really good on the other side of that waiting. You know, there's always something we're waiting for. And I have stuff in my life that I'm waiting for now still. The moment of a longing is amazing. It's incredible. Advent, though, is, is, it's a time where we realize we're not alone in our waiting. And, um, and we're challenged to wait well. How you wait matters. How you exist in this in-between space in your life matters. And the, our ability to wait well is actually our, it, it defines our ability to not great at being present. I'm not great at being still. I'm not great at being in the moment. I'm often thinking about what comes next. Whether that's in the form of worry, I can, I can worry about stuff in the future. And I can also just get really excited about stuff that's coming down the pipe and, and realize, um, but, but reality is this moment. Reality is right now. Reality is the real details of my life. So can I be here? Can I simply... I had to wait for this sweater. It was supposed to, I was supposed to wear it last week. I ordered two sweaters because I, I, I was committed. I was going to wear an amazing sweater every week this, this, during this series. And, uh, and I, I paid the extra for shipping. And, um, and still, and I was checking those, those UPS notifications. I was checking them. We all saw the meme a couple years ago. Like, stop, stop clicking the tracking number. It's in God's hands. Like, we know, you know. Well, it's soft. Maybe they stuck it in the mailbox. Like I'm looking, I'm I'm looking for it. And it, it I was I was um, there was a longing to be fulfilled, and it came in. They, it came in Monday. So here it is. I'll have one for next week too, though. Christ has arrived in your life. Have you? The life you're actually living. The real details of your life. of your life, the boring stuff, the stuff that you'd like to just fast forward through, the stuff that you'd say this is uninteresting, the real painful stuff in your life, the stuff that's frustrating, the stuff that's distracting you. I have another passage for us that we're going to read from Luke 10. It's a, a well-known story. Jesus visits the home of two sisters. And gosh, what a picture of presence here. Luke 10, 38. As Jesus and his disciples were called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. You ever ask Jesus to tell somebody else to do something? <laughs> Doesn't normally work. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. <laughs> it's a good way to get rebuked by Jesus if you want that. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things. 
Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You can leave that up for a second. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Anybody feel that right now in your life? Anybody? Um, yeah, right? Th- that's another way we cannot be present, especially during the holidays, is there's so much to do, right? You're having people over. You got to get the house ready because you want to convince everyone that your house is always You got to figure out, like, even just schedule, schedules are crazy right now. Like, I keep, I keep realizing, like, oh my gosh, I have to, and it's good stuff, right? Like, uh, there was a call that I was talking to some. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be on this call on Thursday. Oh, but there's also a literally a the fir- our first ever. We have a kid doing a Christmas performance at her pre-K. Like, I'm going to be at that, you know, and I'm excited about that. And okay, something else has to move, and so it, we can be overwhelmed with just the just the schedule stuff, right? Um, where does everything fit? Uh, you're worried and upset about many things. I wonder how many of our prayer requests are the worried and upset about many things. And that doesn't mean don't bring your needs and worries and anxieties to God, but I wonder how, how many times have I come to God with my the one thing that was needed. He was actually right here, ready to give me what I'm longing for in that moment. Christ has arrived in your life. Have you? Yeah, I think the Um, experiencing presence, a lot of things that can distract us um, in the moment, in whatever moment of your life you find yourself in. A lot of times that we spend a lot of our energy and a lot of our mental energy living either in the past or in the future, whether that's the, the pain of the past, guilt, shame, trauma, wounds, frustrations, regrets, and a whole spectrum of what that can be. We can live there. Or we can live in the future worried about what will come, excited about what will come, longing for what will come, fantasizing about how I'll feel when my life could be that way, right? Um, and in waiting, I, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where, where you, you feel, I, I've used this phrase, like I feel like I've just been holding my breath. Have you ever had, had that sort of thing? You're just like, oh man, I, I haven't even... that I'm in. I feel like I've been holding my breath. And it's interesting, breath, I think breath is such a, so deeply connected to presence. And we all know it by now. This isn't breaking news. All the science is out there. You can, it, you can pick up a magazine, checking out at the grocery store. It's going to have a whole special about breath and meditation and why it matters. And every, every spirituality and religion is onto it. Like everybody knows, like when you breathe, things are better. <laughs> Here's some ways to breathe. Here's some reasons to breathe. And we all go, 
your, your nervous system needs you to intentionally take deep breaths. But our existence is so deeply connected to our breath. We see this throughout the scriptures. In the garden, God forms humanity, forms Adam out of the dust, places him in a garden, and it says he breathes into his nostrils. And the breath made Adam a living being. The Hebrew word for breath was ruach. It's the same word for spirit. And then in chapter that was used there is ruah. It's actually the same word as, as breath or spirit. And so they walked with them in the cool of the day. What does that mean? Like early in the morning or in the afternoon? I think we all sort of infer what that is. Like five o'clock, is that the cool of the day? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it just meant the, that every day and every moment of every day has, has the ruah in it. If I'm able to detect it in the ruah, the breath of the day. They walked with him in the cool, in the cool of the day. They walked with him in the, in the spirit of the day. And, and, and we know that the whole narrative of scripture is that they start in the garden. They start connected with God. They lose their way. Christ is born. The incarnation takes place. Jesus is, is crucified, resurrected, and we come finally. The story, the, the end of the narrative, but there's this moment after Jesus' resurrection where he comes up to the upper room, and it's, it's actually later in the Gospel of John. It's in um, John 20, verse 19. I'll re- I have it in my notes. I'll read it to you. It's not going to be on the screen. It says, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And so as the Hebrew word ruach means, means breath or spirit, the Greek word pneuma means breath or spirit, and that's the word that's used there in the New Testament. But there's this interesting connection, right, where Jesus shows up and he breathes again. But he says a word before he breathes on them. He says, peace. But my experience of life is that peace is deeply connected with presence. And when I'm not here, when I'm in my head, when I'm in the past, when I'm in the future, when I'm worried and distracted about many things, that's, that's my experience of my life is not marked by peace often, right? But when I arrive in my life as Christ has arrived here, It's his breath that provides that. The presence of God is peace. And in, in, in presence, there's this virtuous cycle that I've observed in my own life of presence. And that is that the presence of God, I experience the presence of God and I become present. You, you have, you've had this experience. Whoa, okay, I'm here. And then as I learn to become present, 
I'm more awake. Opposite is a vicious cycle, right? Where I'm just worried and upset and distracted and I'm not present and I can't even find God's presence and then I'm even spiraling further, right? We know that. We know that life. That's most of the world around us and most of the people we know. And you know what? Probably most of us a lot of the time, okay? Let's not just pretend that we're all amazing at being present. I'm actually awful at it. I've said it already. I'm not great at it, okay? That's why this stuff is really meaningful to me. And in fact, even in this season of my life, I, I, I have struggled with I got some stuff I'm waiting on, and I can very easily start to live in my mind in the hypothetical future where those things might exist. But the problem is God's not there because that's not real. And I'm not there because that's not real. <laughs> like that's, I'm making that up in my mind. But if I can learn to breathe and be still, I can learn to be at home in my own life. I can find that presence and peace can become a more regular experience for me. Now, I don't want to make any make anyone think that um, you know, to put your faith in Jesus and to become a Christian, to become a follower of Jesus means that you just all. suddenly good at life. <laughs> That's not true. This is a skill. God is so gracious. He, give, he gives us these moments of awakening. He gives us these aha moments where we go, oh my gosh, like Jacob at Bethel in Genesis, where we go, whoa, surely God was in this place and I didn't realize it. Those are gifts, right? But then much of life, much of, and we, this is actually a good def definition of in my in the skills of following Jesus well I'm growing in my ability to to be here and to to follow God in my real life I'm growing I'm growing um, but it's not necessarily easy um So, I don't know, that's a confession. I'm, I don't want you to think like, okay, Rob's up here in his bear sweater as an expert on presence. Um, and I've had, I've had a couple moments even over the past week where I'm like, why am I, why, why am I on edge? Why am I so frustrated? Why am I, why am I, that thing, that sort of thing wouldn't normally bother me the way it does or whatever that, you know, whatever that thing is that I'm realizing, oh man, I just am not, I, I'm struggling to be present, and um, I need to. I need to be here. I need to get here into my real life. Yeah, let's all stand together. So the invitation of God for us today is to become present in our own lives.
Christ has arrived in your life. Can I arrive in my life? Can you arrive in your life? Can you be here in the season? That doesn't mean things won't change. They will. They can. But you don't have to wait for them to change for you to be okay. Uh, you know, we, we had an interest meeting um, for Vocare, which is our, our vocation um, discovery journey that we launched earlier this year. We're doing it again next year. If you're trying to get in touch with that, sign up for that. It's awesome. But you know what? You don't have to be like in your vocation, making your unique contribution to the world that you were created to do in 100% of your time and in order to be okay. In fact, you, I mean, you may never get to a place where you're 100% of your time. You won't, right? There's always going to be stuff. You don't have to, you don't have to get to the, have the perfect family or the perfect mate or the perfect salary or the, whatever that picture is to begin to experience the real fruit of the Spirit in your life. faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those things are available to you right now, right where you're at. And so be on a journey, grow, walk, go down the path, follow God. And the invitation is to be here and to discover the gifts that are available to you simply because God is good. Advent challenges us to learn how to wait well, but even if you don't, there's grace. Even if you didn't wait well, in that season of and there's grace for us there's grace for us in the tension and in the waiting there's grace for us in the unknown there's grace for us in the confusion there's grace for us in the pain in the conflict there's grace so let's do this as we prepare to respond um Let's just take a couple deep breaths. Can we do that? Maybe close your eyes. Stand feet ground. The free gift of breath that God designed you to receive. Take another one. Feel the air rush into your lungs. Take another. Feel your body. Your, the material of your clothes. Feel your physical presence in this moment. Right here, this is where God is. This is where you are. This is the opportunity for communion, connection, fulfillment, life. We have people that would love to pray for you um, along the curtain on the far side of the room where I'm pointing my hand right now. Of connection with God right now. And we're going to respond in worship with the time that we have left.